The Judge and the Journalist, Season 1, The Trial of Joe Exotic. Hi there. Welcome to The Judge and the Journalist. I'm Judge Susie Sexton. And I'm Teresa McEwen, the journalist. Hi, welcome to another episode of The Judge and the Journalist. Today, we have a very, very special guest on, Ann Patrick, who, number one, never does interviews, so we feel very lucky about that. (laughs) And number two, she is one of Joe Exotic's best friends, also happens to be his power of attorney, and knows everything there is to know about all that went on at the zoo, especially when the Alan Glover part was going on. She was roommates with Eric Cowie. She was there during the final days before Joe and Dylan and Ann left the zoo physically forever. So there's a lot of stuff we want to talk with you about today, Anne. But first, I just want Susie to say hello since she's here. <laughs> the, yeah, because I have to be because the name of the thing is Judge and the Journalist. So I guess I got to be here. But anyway, <laughs> it's, it's nice to meet you and have this opportunity. I've heard a lot about you from Teresa, and it's interesting how you got involved in all this stuff. So, but Teresa's the one who's going to do most of the questioning, but I'll be popping in from time to time. So, anyway, it's nice to hear from you. It's nice to talk to you guys, too. Well, we really appreciate this, Anne. And, you know, the thing that's so important is that nobody really knows what happened at the trial. No one really knows all the ins and outs. So, you know, we've gone through the transcripts. We've pulled out really interesting stuff. We've had other people pulling things out, like Jim Rathman, who's going to be on a couple episodes from now, where he talks at great length about some of the inconsistencies and things that he noticed during this trial and everything. But because there were no cameras allowed, there is a lot of information out there that is missing from just the general public's idea. And everyone is interested in this. So we thought, here's our chance to kind of bring in all different parts of the story. So the one thing I wanted to ask you about first is because you were roommates at some point with Eric Cowie at the zoo, you know him probably better than a lot of people. And his testimony during Joe's trial was kind of a big deal. And he was on the news a lot. There was a statement he made that was played over and over again. So I, I have a few specific things from the transcripts I want to ask you about. But before I do that, can you just kind of give us a general impression of like your relationship with Eric and how it started and how it ended and kind of where it is today? Yeah. When I first got to the zoo, I went and stayed in the trailer with Eric. And so we were roommates for two years. I did go back and forth from the zoo because I had to do medical stuff at home. Right. But you know, we became we became real tight. We were we were really good friends. Eric at first was really good. Then he started drinking. You know, he he adored Joseph. He adored Joseph. His cats were his life. Those were his everything. Those were his children. Yeah, that's what kept him kept him alive every day. Listen, I, I, I sing to cats. They love Frank Sinatra. They swear to God, I've been picking bands and stuff. I sing to the cats. Do you have any one of the crew members? I really do. I talk to them like crazy. I'm like, how was your bowling game last night? Who's been doing your nails? Is Joe Jack's working out for you? I don't know. I'm not saying anything, but she was. And you can get to know him. I got, I got a cat in the back. His name's uh, uh, Lefty. <laughs> Four or five times a day, he plays this you know, red light, green light with me. And it's, it's hysterical. People have seen it. And it's awesome. And uh, you go make mental impression on a cat like that. That's, that's a life changer. So he was a good guy. He really was a good guy. I think he went sideways when we had to leave. When Joseph decided that he needed to get out of that zoo, he couldn't stay there anymore. And, you know, Eric really took that to heart 
even though we did make arrangements for Eric to go with his cats. But when those cats yeah. moved, we made arrangements for Eric to go with the cats. I spoke to him specifically myself, sat on the couch and explained it to him. You can go, but you have to be sober. You right. have to be sober. Well, that was a big ask. Now, let, and well, he did right. He didn't want to. Yeah. And and I think that's where that resentment and maybe where the change started to occur, because I have to tell you, when I was at the zoo in 2014, I interviewed Eric Kelly and he had nothing but he it sounded like he would give his life for Joe. And so oh, absolutely. so that absolutely. brings us then to the trial. And this is why I think I was so shocked, you know, so he's testifying about shooting the five tigers, which was the one thing that really, of course, caught people's attention and probably very helpful in turning the jury against Joe. Um, Well, it's what it's exactly. That's why they did that first. Yes. So first thing I noticed in the trials where where he says, what did you hear Mr. Passage say about why he shot these five tigers? Eric answered, make room for the cats coming from Meriwether Circus. Question. (laughs) Okay. You're going to get into this. Question. Now, these five tigers were chosen. Were there other animals with health problems that he did keep? Uh Uh-huh. I'm sorry, but that's how he spoke. Um, And he said, uh, why did he keep those animals? And then Eric said, because they were making babies. So then let's first talk about that. And then I'll read the rest of what he said about the shooting of the tigers. But the Meriwether Circus and the making room for the cats. What's the story behind that? Okay, first of all, we took these cats every single year. Uh Every single winter, these cats came to stay with us. I think there was three. There was no reason to make room for cats when we had a ton of empty cages. That's what I thought. We had just, we had, we had, PETA had just come and shipped out 19 cats from the zoo to Pat Craig's because of some indiscretion that somebody else did. The Joe was supposed to save these cats from Florida. And Pat Craig is another zoo owner. Pat Craig is, Pat Craig is where... 90% 90% of the cats that are confiscated by the um, Federal Fish and Wildlife, PETA, and the uh-huh. rest of the alphabet soup yep. uh, of people go to Pat Craig's. Okay. Okay. So Pat Craig takes the cats. So the bottom line is we just shipped out like 19 cats. So there was so no reason to need, ship them for yeah, that. Why do, we need, why do we need to make room for three cats if we just shipped out 19? And that's not to mention the rest of the cages that we had. Okay. I mean, so that's, that's to me, that's just ridiculous. That's a ridiculous statement. So that was probably then not correct. What he said on the, on the, on the stand. No, that was under oath. No, that's a lie. The jury took their word. The the prosecutors knew they were lying. The agents knew they were lying. And now uh, we have them on videotape admitting to perjury. We're going to see how this all plays out with the Department of Justice uh, now that their witnesses have all came forward and admitted that they lied and the feds knew they were lying. And Joe has spent three years of his life in jail. So, Susie, Susie, you're the judge in the room. How serious is that? Is that like full on Well, what I was, uh, you know, a couple things I wanted to ask. And for myself as well, trying to track this and also for people listening, so in 2016, uh, when exactly did you first show up at the zoo to, to live there with Eric? May 3rd, 2016. Okay. And through 2018. Um, yep. 
And what I'm curious about is, did the defense attorneys talk with you about possibly using you as a witness to talk about, on Joe's behalf, about the testimony that Eric was giving? Eric is saying it happened because they need the cages. Did you talk to the defense attorney about this piece? I talked to the defense attorney about multiple things, and they absolutely refused to let me testify. And did they give you a, did they give you a reason for that? Their reason was they didn't need me. Did they offer anything more than that? Nope. I had emails, phone calls. I couldn't understand how they could not let me testify. I mean, I had no witnesses. So either a, a one-sided trial or I had to get up and try and defend myself because Bill and Kyle didn't call my witnesses. Because this whole thing was a setup, man. If you, if you don't see that, you're crazier now. Amanda Green had that worked out with Bill and Kyle. If they threw the trial, she would become a judge. You know, they told Joseph it was because nobody wanted to testify, which was a blatant lie. Because there was a, a few of us that wanted to testify. They wouldn't even let John Rinky testify. They cut him the last day of, um, on the witness list for the prosecution. But then the defense didn't have an opportunity either. They just didn't want the truth to come out. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe they maybe they I think the government and we're going to have somebody who does a lot of this stuff for federal court. But I think the the uh, one attorney talked about the fact that, I mean, they had offered him a plea deal. Joe, Joseph, you call him Joseph. And, you know, a lot of times as somebody who's been in trials, you know, they, you know, get getting somebody to enter a plea sometimes is good for them and it's good for the government because nobody goes through a trial and maybe they thought he was going to take the plea and they figured we're not going to prepare for trial. I don't know. We haven't really talked with them, so I'm not sure what their uh, reasoning was, if they had any, but it would seem to me that this would be important because um, actually the tiger thing to me is the thing that, that really was the thing that grabbed everybody. And the interesting thing is it's not actually killing a tiger. It's actually on the, the, the statute called taking a tiger. It's called exactly. taking. And exactly. it's actually a misdemeanor. It's not a felony. Right. Uh, filling out the paperwork or whatever was done, we're going to get to that, you know, or putting the wrong thing in. Let's put that. That's a, actually a felony. But taking the tiger, which to me, from my standpoint, didn't seem to apply to the euthanizing the tigers. Because the no. taking is the ones in the wild, not ones that are already, at least I, as far as I understand. And believe me, we're learning a lot. No, about... you're, you, no you're, you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. And that's, that's been Joseph's thing since the beginning. That they, that's how they used it. That's how they hung him with this, was the word take. Because that's, and that's, they used it improperly because it's not, it's not how, it's, how it's supposed to be. You're exactly right. It's supposed to be taken from the wild. And you can't take things from the wild. First of all, all of our cats were domesticated cats. They were all born and bred in that in that zoo. Right. Every one of them. Right. Like the five cats they're talking about. I mean, all those cats were older. They were 18 and above. Right. And very ill. Well, I actually have, in Joe's own words, an email he, he had sent me about that. Uh, I just want to read the one part that you, that you guys are talking about right now where he said, he was. This was shortly after Travis died. He said he was walking around the zoo one morning. He looked at some of the animals that limped so bad they couldn't walk. Some even had missing legs. 
And I asked myself, what the hell are you doing, Joe? Making these animals suffer to raise money? Because, you know, a lot of a lot of the commercials we all see trying to raise money, it's always like a very injured, suffering animal. Uh, so for many years, my inspectors kept saying the same thing. Joe, you have 260 tigers. Why do you make these animals stay alive and suffer? He said, I never had an answer to that that I could be honest about until Travis died. So I asked my inspector if I could put some of the old crippled ones down, and she said, it's about time. I asked if they could be shot to make it fast, and she said, as long as it's instantaneous, yes. So I think in his mind, he very much had permission to do this, and he was doing the humane thing. And it was portrayed so differently during the trial. And and I think that then Eric jumped on that bandwagon. That's what Why it do you like think he me. did, though? That's the thing. And why? Oh, I he... know exactly why he did. Why? It's because Joseph took his cats and shipped them out because after Travis died, we were leaving the right. zoo. Joseph was giving up the zoo. Right. He was, he was leaving. Right. So he started shipping his cats out to other zoos, other people. Given them, just given them out because they needed somewhere to go. He knew that Jeff Lowe was never going to be able to handle all the cats and all the animals. And he couldn't, Joseph couldn't be there anymore. So, and when Joe started shipping out what we call Eric's cats, okay, these were cats Eric took care of, Eric loved every day. Eric got pissed. I mean, he was, he was just downright angry and he was drunk all the time. Unfortunately, he got worse after Travis died. You know, everybody was very attached to Travis. So he got worse after Travis died and he just wouldn't listen. Like I said, I tried to get him. I mean, he could have went with the majority of his cats. Joseph made arrangements that anybody that took any of what we call Eric, I call Eric's cats. I call them Eric's cats. I don't know if anybody else does, but I always call them Eric's cats. But Eric, Eric, when I sat there, Eric just, he couldn't, he didn't want to do it. He just, because getting sober and then going was, so he was angry, Susie. That's the, that's the bottom line. So he was he angry. Was so angry and resentful. Right. Because Joseph shipped his cats. Joe didn't call and ask permission to do this. They were his cats. But did right. someone put this in his mind? Because he seems like a very, um, I don't mean to be like simple. He's not, he's not, I mean have enough to really fig- figure up a lie. I mean, where, where would he have gotten this? Did, did, did the government say to him, um, did, is this the reason why the animals were taken? I mean, where did that come from? How did he wind up as a witness? Well, yeah, he, well, he was the cat keeper. He was right. the cat. He was the, he was the chief care keeper for the cats. Okay. Um, so that would be why he would be the witness. I mean, now, well, it not only like- that, Anne, but the way I'm understanding it by looking at the transcripts is that he's the one that heard the gunshots. So, and and I think and for, that's, oh, that's why they would think. I would yeah. think. So let me go ahead and read the the second part of this Q and A when he's on the stand. Question, and this is um, from the cross examination, I believe. During or immediately after you heard the gunshots, did you hear Mr. Passage say anything about what had just happened? Answer: I did. I was walking down the backside of the park, and he was coming up from Cuddle's cage, and he says, Jesus, if I knew it was that easy, I'd go blast them all. Now, that that just doesn't sound like something ever that would come out of Joe's mouth, but, you know, why would he? I mean, that's like, that's downright cruel sounding. Right. And would Joseph say something like that? Probably not. In the middle of an emotion, like, because you have to understand, these were not just cats. These were Joe's children. 
These were his life. That's why putting them down took him so long that it killed him to have to do it. Well, actually, as we both know, and Joe has a photographic memory, right? Yes. So I asked him in an email to comment on that passage just now. No pun intended. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess pun intended. Anyway, uh, he said to me, my exact words were, if y'all don't start doing your job and taking care of the animals like you're paid to before I leave the zoo, I'll put them all down. That was his that reaction. Sounds, that sounds exactly what he would say. Right? That sounds he was like Joseph. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, no. Because the thing is, is that they didn't take care of anything. And this is the funny part when, when, with that I think when I hear this comment that I've heard about, oh, well, I heard the gunshot. So anytime you heard a gunshot, you knew Joe killed a cat. First of all, we're in a zoo. Okay, you couldn't be in there without gunfire. Travis, you, we woke up to AKs in the middle of the trailers being shot <laughs> off. That's how Travis would wake us up. Right. Nine mills being shot up in the air, and he'd run through the trailers going, get up, get up. I was going to say, most people use alarm clocks. Alarm clocks, or maybe yeah, roosters no. in the royal yeah, rural no, areas. No, no we, used, we used Travis. Yeah. And, and Tra- I hope you kept would... notes of this stuff, <laughs> Well, he was, he was, he was, he was, Travis was my my big toddler and he he loved peacocks so he'd run through the thing caca caca and he'd uh. be do he'd shoot off his gun he'd be in the back of the back of the zoo you don't uh. even blowing shit up so that's my thing is that 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 statement alone is ridiculous that if oh we heard a gunshot so joe was killing cats or you know what i mean oh please yeah. give me a break okay there's lots of reasons we had gunshots we had snakes four foot snakes that we'd go in the cages and try to kill the other animals. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I personally had to try to get a snake off one of our ducks. Okay. Yep. So that's a stupid statement that, Oh, we heard a gunshot and we heard gunshots and you know, Oh yeah. So we know he's killing stuff. Well, now, plus, you know, this is the, this is the statement that went out all over the news. You know what it, I mean? That's my point. Right. They, it's, it's, it was a lie. I mean, you know, like yeah. I said, I mean, you can't say, Oh, we heard a gunshot. We heard gunshots, and we knew this was happening because that's just a lie. We yeah. heard. We heard you. I. I hate guns, and I got so used to hearing gunshots, I didn't even blink. Yeah, you know, you never even gave it a thought. Nobody was shooting an animal. When you say it goes out, that's my thing with journalism today. Is like nobody really looks beyond. They get that headline that's exactly. going to grab everybody. Then it gets repeated and repeated and repeated, and it becomes as if it it's fact, and it may or may not be fact. So I well, agree with and that. And this and then you know it's interesting because then Joe followed up in this email and said, "People that know me and watch my videos, why would I even say the word blast coming out of my mouth would be shoot or kill them, exactly. not blast them." So that really struck me because I have seen hours and hours and hours of video and you're, and he's right. Like he doesn't. Have you ever, have you ever heard Joseph not swear? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, he's as bad as me. Yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Every other word is, every other word is that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so again, nonsense. Nonsense. It's just nonsense to me. It's nonsense. It was, it was I'm pissed, and if I can get you back for hurting me by taking my cats, that's what I'm going to do. Well, and again, I'm telling you, when I interviewed Eric, he, you know, he tells the whole story of how he came to be at the zoo, 
And he very much feel, felt like he owed his life to Joe. He knows what he knows, and he, he knows a lot, and he's teaching me a lot. He's teaching me what to do and what not to do all at the same time. Uh, there's nothing I wouldn't do for that man. I promise you, he's changed my life. He's, he saved me for myself. You play war games in your mind with yourself all the time, and you can't win. you got to have some help. And uh, I'm, I'm glad he took a chance on me. He gave me this opportunity, and I'm, I'm not going to neglect that. I promise. Oh, absolutely. He adored Joseph. He would do anything for Joseph. And he, I mean, we have it. There's tons of YouTube videos that, you know, because Joseph shot footage of everything mm -hmm. of him saying that. Yeah. I mean, you know, just it's, that's why, I mean, I, I know, I knew what was wrong. I knew mm -hmm. why Eric was saying that. Yeah. Again, like Judge Judy said, if I could have got to the trial and if they could have let me testify that and asked me a question, I could have explained exactly why Eric was having that kind of an attitude. Well, who actually fired Eric? Cause I showed in the transcript, it said he was fired cause he showed up drunk at the job, but he lived there. Oh, so. Do you want to read that part of it? Well, let me, I, I wanted know, to I ask. It was interesting. Yeah. But, but he, he said he got fired. Were you? Eric got fired a couple times. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I think I think it sounds like he was really getting into the whole alcohol thing, it seemed like. Yeah, well, because he what he did was when the Merryweather cats came in, okay, these these so-called three cats that we needed to make room for, which was again both by killing um, five. Uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah, because it's crazy. So anyway, when they would treat when they were caging shifting the cats, okay, so that means when you take them out of their rolling cage, they transport cage and you shift them into an actual cat pen. Uh-huh. Eric came over to help, but he must have been drinking. I can't say for sure. But the, there was a bear behind one of the bears. I think his name was Fred, was behind them. Well, Eric poked the bear in the face. Literally, <gasps> and the bear bit his tip of his finger off. Okay. Oh. Now I was there, so I, I saw all this. So bit the bit of his tip of his finger off and spit it on the ground, which was a total insult to Eric's finger. <laughs> anyway. Eric walked. I away. hope it wasn't his fing his middle finger. That's that's useful in some times. I think it actually was. But I can't remember oh exactly. God. So funny. But I so we went over and we we're on the benches by the office, and you know we're looking at it, and um, you know I just said, you know, well shit, go get me a lighter from the car, and we'll just cauterize it because you're an asshole, and this is what you get for being stupid. And <laughs> then you know, put that, so then we end. Eric ended up going to the hospital. So a good, I, a good move on that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the hospital didn't do anything either. They wrapped his finger. I came back the next day. Uh, when I came home, he was literally bleeding out on the floor because mm -hmm. they didn't even stop the bleeding because they went to Paul's Valley. I call it death Valley hospital because yeah. you go in and you don't come out <laughs> other than a body bag. Yeah. So, oh my yeah. God. But Joseph, after that, we sent Eric, Joseph literally, was on the ground. We were walking back to the back of the house. Joseph fell to the ground hysterical that he could not stay there anymore, that someone was going to die. He was, someone else was going to die because of their stupidity. Mm -hmm. Like, he was like, I can't do this anymore. We, we have to leave. We have to leave. We have to leave. And I know there's medical records at Death Valley, Paul's Valley Hospital, when Eric went. But Eric, again, you know, now Eric didn't get fired then because now he's hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
he wouldn't he wouldn't even go back to the hospital well you know what it seems to me like with with some of the people that joe joseph helped because he he talked about people that had issues and stuff i was like it seemed harder to work with the people than it did to work with the animals (laughs) sometimes absolutely yes i mean there was people with issues and stuff like that but that what uh, Teresa was talking about. So Eric is testifying. Now the government is asking him some questions, and you have to understand. Usually the federal government they're dealing with, you know, these huge cases, and you know, not people like Eric. Okay, and usually right. that would be state court. That's where, where you would see this <laughs> yeah. stuff. Because believe me, I had plenty of exactly. <laughs> but anyway, Eric. The government asked him because he said something about he got fired because he was drunk. And the government actually said to him, question, what would be the downside of trying to work drunk? And my my comment is, really, that's a question. Gee, I don't know. And so anyway, his his response was getting eight. (laughs) And then and then and then the government follows it up with by a tiger and he goes <laughs> he goes hopefully by a tiger and they actually had to ask the question why do you say hopefully by a tiger which is a no-no in trials okay and his right. answer is you'll probably understand this his answer was well a lion would just rip you all apart all day long <laughs> which i'm thinking who knew this and the government says uh, fair enough. You know, they're trying they're trying as quickly as they can to get away from this exchange because they never should have said, well, geez, why do you say by that? About it? So, well, the, I I feel like we've got a good uh, idea about who Eric, Eric is. Yeah. And by the way, and we haven't even gotten into Alan Glover yet. So can we bring you back for another episode? Are we so out of time? We are out of time. <gasps> oh, my God. And it was so. In, uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I just. Uh, but but before we go. So you go there at two. 2016 and that's yeah. where you get the connection with joseph is she that she goes right. there to be joseph's presidential <laughs> okay campaign right okay manager. all right she's the one but i mean <laughs> now mind you i've never voted in my life and had no clue what i was doing but he had baby tigers i wanted to play with hey it's easy for people to vote these days don't worry about it anyway yeah. what what but i mean how long of a period of time whether being there or talking with him or before you, you know, did the campaign, how how long have you known Joseph to develop this real loyalty for him? Well, the funny thing is that I only talked to him on Facebook, literally through Facebook for about a month before I drove out there. But then then when um, you met him, you, you just were that impressed with him? Yeah, I know. Yeah, Yeah. no, I just, you know, we just, we just clicked. We just, we just clicked and, okay, you know, you you have to see a different part. so no, I, people, I, you have to look and see a part of Joseph. There's a part of Joseph that, you know, is the showman. Then yeah. there's the part of Joseph that runs the zoo. And then there's the in-between part of Joseph. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's you know? a lot to it. And we're going to get into more. There's a yeah. lot of into Joseph. There is. By, by, I mean, in my just limited experience, he fascinates me. And he's so multifaceted. And he's a complicated <laughs> person. 
Um, Sometimes you want to punch him in the throat. <laughs> yes, you do. And I've wanted to on occasion or two myself. Um, but anyway, Anne, thank you so much. We are going to, we have to come back to you. And then we're going to invite you back. And we're going to jump okay. into Alan. Because there's also, I would like to hear more details of those final moments and days at the zoo. So we'll get into that on the next episode. So Anne, we're going to talk to you again. And for now, I cannot thank you enough. You have given insights that nobody else can give. Am I correct? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's it's been <laughs> wonderful talking with you and hearing your comments and, and sort of the inside edition, so to speak. I <laughs> like my old days. Yeah, her old days. <laughs> All right, Anne, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Anne. Okay, ladies. Alrighty. Thank you so much. Have okay. a good day. These people are given a chance. To, to straighten up and, and make something of themselves. And to come from uh, a drug habit or an alcohol habit uh, or just socially not accepted, you know, whether you're gay or bisexual or, or whatever, they are provided a safe place with inside this cage, okay? The outside world can no longer judge them because these guys don't judge you at all. And as long as you are true and you take care of them, these guys are going to love you forever. We'd like to give special thanks to our team, Pat Kelly, our executive producer, Serena Fazan, our voiceover artist, Neil Galarte of Wild Style Media, our ace editor, and Bailey Sweeney, our social media maven, with a quick shout out to Gary Rivera at West End Studios. Thank you all so much. Thanks for spending your valuable time with us. Show notes are linked to our website, thejudgeandjournalist.com. Make sure you don't miss any new episodes. So subscribe, tell a friend, and please feel free to rate and review us.